Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This is a live broadcast on Manufacturing Day. Today is Manufacturing Day and an appropriate day for us to be speaking with Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair of the Institute for Supply Management, who chairs the committee that puts out the Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index Report. And joining us is Lou Wise, who is president of All Metals and Forge Group and host of this show. They're also the sponsor for Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can find them at steelforge.com. Tim Fiore, welcome to this live broadcast. Yeah, good to be back, guys, for, with a great report, exceeding expectations. I think we were 1.6 points above the economist's prediction. So uh, it's a great day. <laughs> well, I'd like to see it above their prediction. Yeah, I mean, hey, above 60 every day. Love it. So give us the overview of this before we begin to drill down to inputs and outputs and uh, the real guts of the report, Tim. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it came up a couple of times today uh, that, okay, it's a 61 plus report, you know, we all should be applauding heavily. How come everybody's not applauding heavily? I said, well, it's because of the sub-indexes that make up that 61. This is really a strong report. There's no doubt that we should be applauding heavily. But, you know, a, a higher quality 61 would be a higher production number, a higher employment number, and less of a supplier delivery number. And slightly less of an inventory number. So in any event, it comes out to 61, but if you had everything in balance, you, uh, you would see the demand being high, uh, consumption output following that, and inputs feeding that consumption engine. And at present, we still don't. Uh, we're, it's really a demand-driven, supply-constricted expansion. That continues, and in the month actually of September, it, we actually reversed some trends that were showing up from the middle of the summertime, namely supplier delivery number relaxing a little bit and the prices number relaxing. Both of those numbers have reversed. And at the same time now, we also have manufacturing inventory growing and not all for the best of reasons. So that's kind of the, the summary on the report, but it's, it's, hey, it's a great month. I, this, this demand just continues to outpace anything that's ever been seen. Let me just remind your, your listeners that, uh, you know, there's been six manufacturing expansion cycles since 2000. And uh, generally they average about three years. And I think we're into month 14 here. So uh, that means 50 to 50, you know, the big up and then we run across the top and then we come down, but we're still running across the top here and uh, we're still early in the average manufacturing expansion cycle. So I think it's all good. A couple of the other things that kind of came out uh, in the report and through the month of September is that these restrictions are not going to end uh, in the near term, whether it be uh, ocean freight bottlenecks, chassis misposition, containers in the wrong place, or chip lead times going out to, uh, to one year. They're, these are not going to go away in the short term. And we, we got to have the stamina uh, to, to stay with this thing because this is really a big, big challenge for supply managers. We're in, we're in the triple play environment, triple play, extending lead times, more and more shortages, higher prices at, at levels that nobody has ever really seen before. Uh, and that comes from people with five years of experience to 40 years of experience. Nobody has ever really seen anything like this before. So we're in, we're in definitely a new ground here. Where is the good news? That's a good news. The demand is high. Backlogs yeah. remain near records. Right. Uh, customer inventory is still empty shelves. Can't seem to make progress on that. 
Uh, and the new export order sagged a little bit, but I, I don't, I think uh, we'll see that. Did you guys notice the China PMI kind of uh, contracted? So, I mean, it's been nine months of weak China PMI. Why would China have a weak PMI? They're, they're absolutely motivated to have high numbers. I always have. Why has their number been weak? And now they've finally fallen into contraction. And what does that really mean? And how much of that is, is tied to the chip problem? Well, there's also, there's also the fact that uh, uh, China has been closing down many areas uh, of power supply for manufacturers because of pollution. So that's been going on now for about two weeks. And uh, uh, it's going to continue and probably get worse, uh, especially within the steel industry, because they use uh, you know, heavy duty uh, supplies of coal, uh, which makes for obviously pollution. So things are seemingly, it's a, it's a crisis a day situation that's going on around the world. Yeah, well, I mean that's the uh, that's the fun of living. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Tim, share with us the inputs part of the equation here. Okay, so you know, so, uh, well, let me see. Can I project something? You certainly can project it. Yes. All right. Let me see if I can get this up and get it on the screen. Okay, you guys seeing it? We are, yeah. Okay, unfortunately, I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not. So Neither are we. Yeah, it went away for a second there. Hold on, let's try again here. Here we go. <laughs> if it stays there, let's talk about demand. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't see it. You guys are in the middle of my screen. Hold on, let's see if I can crush you down here a little bit. All right, here we go. Let's try that. Okay, so you know, I output this to a, a bunch of companies and people who I've known over the years. I try to take that the PMI report and make it real simple. The table at a glance is the money chart, uh, but I take that table at a glance and I break it into three pieces, demand, consumption, and inputs. And every one of the 10 sub-indexes can go into that. And I, and I analyze it based on that and I report out on that. So as you can see here, demand, high expansion continues. The backlog softened slightly, but still at, at near record levels. And that customer inventory account is just way too low. Uh, I also make comments about, is it positive, negative, or mixed? And this is the first time in many months I put mixed. So the new export orders, you know, down 3.2. Not sure about that. I'm mixed. Let's see what happens there. Uh, positive on the backlog, customer inventories, you know, still at record lows. I think you know, 15 straight months or something of under 40, which is just incredible. On the output side, uh, let's hop over output because I see that as a result of. If you got the demand, you got the inputs, then you got output. And, you know, remember that the factory manager's famous saying, if you get me the parts, I'll make the product. Just get me the parts. And <laughs> that's got to be said every day, a hundred times today. So in this case, there's no doubt that we're having trouble getting the parts. So, you know, the inputs, supplier deliveries are up 3.9. That means that they got slower again. That reversed four months of improving performance there which is a bit concerning here. And at some point, if you can't get the delivery of the material, what really happens? Does the people start to sit back and not place orders? Do they start picking customers? Now, I've heard a lot of that happening out there 
uh, recently is that I'm only going to service my better customers. I'm not going to service all of them because I can't service them. And that, that's why I put this at mixed because we might be at that point now where this bottleneck on the input side is really a good thing. At, at some point, you need the thing to kind of release a little bit and get more material flowing. So production can get back up to mid 60 level. Uh, and I'm hopeful that a lot of this has to do with employment, which we'll talk about later. Inventory is up 1.4 points. That's manufacturing inventory. And I'm not sure about that either. I get it. I, you know, the numbers getting close to 55, I think we're, uh, well, we were over 55, six, but it's a combination of raw material, which is usually the biggest piece of uh, the inventory count work in process, which is usually pretty stable month to month, but not anymore because people are building stuff and they're not quite finishing them. Think of all those cards are being built without chips. That's all work in process inventory. And then you got finished goods inventory that customers, that panelists can't ship to their customer. Think about those car factories that shut down the factory so they can't get chips. They told everybody else who delivers them stuff, don't ship it to me. So they're continuing to build. It's going into finished goods inventory and they can't convert it into a sale. So I think we're in that point where it's a bit mixed on uh, the supplier delivery side and on the image version. Not bad, but mixed. And let's, let's see what happens. So price expansion, we've reversed three months. Now we're back up again. I think that's mixed too. I, you know, we need to get back to some kind of normality here. $2,000 a short ton of steel is just outrageous. Uh, you know, what's happening in the chemical markets and the plastics markets, same thing. If this is gonna be transitory, we need to start to come back down. And I think as I spoke about last month with you guys, I don't think we're gonna get back to the pre-pandemic level. I think there's just such a gap now that there's no way we can get back to it outside of a, a global recession or depression, you know? So I think that's mixed now, the prices have reversed. Uh, you know, the, the transporter and supplier problems, they, you know, the supplier delivery number kind of reversed. Transportation issues remain high. I think that's mixed for the reasons I talked about on supplier deliveries that at some point, all this constraints, uh, you know, cause people to kind of be a little bit leery about uh, placing forward orders and it, it becomes, you know, almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think, you know, our, our comments there are three to one positive to cautious down from August. I think that's just really exhaustion because 80% 80, 80 of my comments in the general section were supplier and or price related. So people have kind of assumed that demand is gonna stay strong they're not commenting about strong demand anymore. They're commenting about what they're working on every day, and that's high prices and, and shortages. And then on the hiring side, 14 to 1 hire to force manage ratio. They're much better than August, uh, but still very high. August was very high, alarmingly high. I'm saying it's positive, but I cut, probably could have put mixed in there too. But I'm thinking with, with uh, 7 million people coming off the unemployment rolls in September, that's got to be helping in uh, October, November, and December. I do uh, do surveys of my employment comments, and 3% of them said that uh, September was better than August from the standpoint of uh, attracting and hiring people. 3% is not much, but it's better than 0% in August. So maybe there's something happened there. I'm, I'm hoping 7 million people need to feed themselves and their families, and I'm hoping that they come knocking on the door and, and take these jobs. So on the, the, the big six performers, you know, I watch the big six industry sectors at 60, 70% of the total manufacturing economy. Uh, refined products, uh, petroleum and coal products was the number one industry sector, expanded really strongly, uh, and it had been pretty much lagging for the better part of the pandemic. So 
that's natural gas prices up above five. That's uh, West Texas Intermediate up above 80. And uh, maybe now they're starting to get out there and, and open up the, uh, the wells and more will flow. Computers has been number one, number two for quite some time. They remain uh, at, a, at a high performing level. All of these uh, big six were expanding and expanding at least moderate to strong. So that's really good. And then, you know, we, uh, the cons economic consensus was 59.5, we beat it by 1.6. So really, really good month here. Uh, you can see here from the chart, I kind of track this thing, as I mentioned, you know, we've had five manufacturing cycles. There's a 50 number. Uh, this is cycle one. I'm not see, sure if you guys can see this. Let's see. Let me get my pointer up. Yep, see, it's fine. Okay, good. This is expansion one. This is the uh, China super cycle, followed by the uh, subprime mortgage cycle. This is the recovery from the recession. Then we had uh, the, the uh, Obama expansion that nobody ever felt that didn't push, put any pressure on wages. This is the Trump-Obama expansion that went on for uh, 40 months, started in, in uh, March, April of 2017, ended in about the summer of 2019, before the pandemic. So we were, we were actually contracting in manufacturing before the pandemic hit. And here we are. That we, had, we did have a recession last year in, in Q1, Q2. Uh, now we've bounced back out and you know, we hit peak here uh, this two or three months ago, and we're still running at above 60 levels. So they're really good performance. Uh, like I said, we're into month 14 here of what generally is a 36-month uh, activity. Of all of these expansions, I think the shortest one was 28 months. So uh, even at you know, the worst case here, we're only halfway into a, a good expansion period. So hope that helped your, your uh, watchers. Uh, it, it seems as though uh, one of our usual questions that we come up with for you is, what do you see in the future? But I think you've kind of consolidated it and given, it, given us a, a pictorial version of uh, the next year and a half? Yeah, you know, this month I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more optimistic about the future, meaning that, uh, you know, this strong rate of growth uh, that, that will lead to, you know, three to 4% GDP over a 12 month rolling cycle here is gonna continue. I, you know, like I've been saying, the first indication I think we're going to see is really transportation easing a little bit. And there's no easing in transportation. It's still 38% of my general comments, and it has been for four months. And, you know, you see all the media reports on the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the ports of entry and, and uh, you know, the, the incredible amount of ships that are offshore. You know, think about what that means to container uh, availability and you know, the problems with chassis and, you know, the, the transporters who can't get the, 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 the TEUs off the docks. And, and that's gonna continue through the Lunar New Year, no doubt. I mean, we're, I don't know that we're peaking, but all that retail stuff is coming in and that's probably why the numbers are so much higher than they were uh, last couple of months, but they were still way too high anyway. And so that's not gonna go away until the post-Lunar New Year, easily Q2 of next year, just to reposition containers and chassis, even if everything kind of slows down. You got to get that stuff back in the right spot to get things to kind of flow again. So I'm getting more and more, and I'm hearing lead times of one-year lead times for chips. Right. Now, you know, fortunately, people reacted long before today to make sure that their order streams were in place. But you know, think about it. What do you know about manufacturing a year out from now? What, you know, October of 2022. 
okay, I'm going to be selling 50 widgets. Who knows? So with lead times that far out, and I think I've heard steel, steel lead times is six months. So, and you know how much turbulence that causes in the steel industry when you're placing big lots of mill runs at high prices. If the prices start to relax, you, know, you start to cancel the orders, the mills deliver it anyway, and then all the mess that that causes. So I'm starting to get optimistic that you know we're well into half two before we see any kind of really back off. Well, one of the things that uh, I look at naturally is uh, my own company, All Metals and Forge, uh, which is uh, getting near our pre-pandemic uh, numbers. Uh, and we could see far enough down the road over the next three, four months that I think that's going to at least continue. Uh, but the problem, as you pointed out, is the more business you do, the bigger your problem with logistics. And so that's sort of the good news, bad news. Business is picking up, but I can't ship it. Yeah, and there's no used truck inventory around. And it's, uh, the, the manufacturers are having a lot of difficulty in getting near any kind of rate. And uh, you know, the big question with everybody really is, are you at that output level from the last, from your best output level in the past? And most companies will tell you, no, not really. I'm not quite there yet. Right. So that's all inefficiencies uh, throughout the whole value chain. But the other positive thing is it appears that everybody's able to push through price increases. Uh, and, and that's going to continue. I think Q4, I, I think I kind of predicted that the Q2, we, we'd be successful. Good reports out on, on profits. I think Q3, same thing. I think Q4, you know, I'm still not sure. Right now, if, if I think this thing is happening all the way through half one, then I would think Q4 is going to be successful too. And, and therefore, I think that we're going to continue to push that, that price increases through to the customer all the way through Q4. We'll see what happens in Q1. And this is, this is all, what in my head, what's changed uh, since last month. Well, I, I think that it was all in the oven before. We just couldn't see it yet. Uh, I think what we see now coming is that, uh, yeah, business is picking up, everyone's placing orders, but delivery times have gone out. Even though prices have gone up, people are saying, I need product. And pricing is almost becoming secondary. They need product. They need to get it there, uh, which that in itself is a problem even here in the U.S. with regards to uh, uh the, the truckers bailing out of uh, the trucking industry and uh, retiring and saying, I'm done, I've had enough. Uh, and not many youngsters are looking to get into the transportation logistics business. So this is, you're right, this is a, a probably a longstanding problem that may not be solved so easily. Yeah, obstacle. You know, as long as you got that demand, that's not a problem. It's just an obstacle. You know, you got to, in the manufacturing world, you got to stay nimble and, uh, and, and hop all over the place. And, you know, the whack-a-mole is everywhere. It's, uh, it's really interesting to watch. And you, you just, you can't get frustrated. Uh, you just got to hope that people maintain their level of diligence and things don't get dropped. This is, you know, very, very confusing. There, it's, the whole manufacturing cycle is so complicated. And you throw in the global element, it gets a lot more complicated. Then when you, you know, when you're dealing across industry sectors, like, you know, obviously chips are almost like cement. They're everywhere now. And the people who buy chips and need the chips, they don't really understand the chip business. And 
part of that is what has led to this issue. And then, you know, we're, we're recapitalizing in foundries, but not for the components that are really strangling a lot of these fundamental industries like the transportation sector. We don't, we don't use latest state-of-the-art chips. Uh, we, we don't, we use older stuff and whether it be automotive or whether it be trucks, it's the same thing. So uh, yeah, hey, it's a great time to be a manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I'm just wondering, because we have such a mixed bag of tricks with uh, transportation, pricing. You know, I almost don't have to ask about headwinds, but are there any other headwinds other than the obvious one? Yeah, so let's look at the two here. Um, the first one is, like I said, 7 million people came off the unemployment rolls. Let's see what happens in October, November on the labor side. I, I'm confident that we're gonna see some improvements and it'll, it'll show up primarily in the supplier delivery number and it'll show up really in our production output numbers. And I think one will precede the number, and but it's going to be a Q4 activity to get back to some kind of you know decent level of employment. And I, and I think we ought to be running 58.62 on the employment side. Hopefully by January we're there. And the other thing is you know this big arguments in Washington about infrastructure and social support. Get on with it. I mean I, I'm starting to think that we're not going to get that infrastructure bill because of personalities and personal agendas, shame, shame, shame. Uh, you know, and even one, I guess 1.5 trillion on the social support thing stretched out over eight years. I, I guess I'll fund that and, and get the infrastructure piece too. But you know, three and a half trillion is just crazy. That's just, and I, I believe in all of those concepts too, by the way, I just don't believe that we can do them all at once. But okay, if you're gonna, if you're gonna settle out at 1.5 trillion over the next five to eight years, then get on with it. Let's go. Cause this, this country needs the infrastructure and I, I'm tired of every year hearing about it and seeing nothing. Yeah. They do that a lot in Washington, uh, recycle the old news and make it new news and then don't do anything about it. <laughs> Shame on them. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder how they look at themselves in the mirror. <laughs> Maybe they don't use mirrors anymore. <laughs> They're taking all the mirrors out. Just the smoke. <laughs> Just the smoke. Yeah. But good for you for making that statement. I, I wholeheartedly agree also. Uh, I mean, how close did we come to uh, having the debt ceiling not raised yesterday? Yeah, again, yet again, all as a all as a technique to get something that some far fringe, right or left, was insisting on. So I mean, what, what's missing is real leadership. Because we've always had these far left and right fringes, but right. you need leadership that really is committed to the country's improvement, not to their their own party and their own future. Well, so much for not getting into politics. Yeah, well, this is this <laughs> is reality, right? This, I didn't do it this time. This is this is yeah, reality. No, it's very valid. Yeah. All this of is, that impacts, as we know, Tim, all of that impacts manufacturing. Uncertainty is the one thing that can trip up manufacturing every time. Yep, I mean, uh, fabricated metal products is, is uh, it's still expanding, but it's weakening. It's weakening because of high steel prices and it's kind of just running out of legs. So, you know, what would uh, uh, bridge reconstruction and, and stuff, the number one uh, market for steel is construction. So uh, that would really help, uh, you know, but it's time. Okay, guys, I gotta run. I appreciate that, Tim, and we appreciate your time being our guest on 
Manufacturing Talk Radio, and we appreciate the ISM making you available. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Thank Becca, you. it's good to see you. See you in October. See you in November. Right. <laughs> Already. Jeez. All right. Thanks. Thank you. And we want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for joining us here on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio that we have broadcasted live on Manufacturing Day, which is today. It's been celebrated all week. I think we should celebrate the entire month of October and have Manufacturing Month, which, which really gives honor to the industry that's a third of our economy. And we appreciate everyone joining us today. Visit us at jacketmediaco.com where you can find all of our podcasts along with this one. And thanks for joining us on this live broadcast of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Right now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.